it must have been like I'm like trying to enter into the scene. We've 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 had readings, we've had reflections, we've sang songs, we've tried to put ourselves back there, but we've just uh, tried to imagine, tried to grasp that something that uh, we can't fully grasp. It's hard to imagine in particular all that was going through Mary's mind as she was uh, facing uh, all that would come. The birth of the Savior was a blessing, something that she should be excited about. And yet it was also, in one sense, a great burden, the burden of responsibility. And she was still so very young. How would she cope with that? How did she deal with the feelings, the anxiousness, the, the nerves that would inevitably have uh, had hit her at a time like this? Let me read a quote. Maybe this will help. It's a whole different responsibility that I wasn't used to and a role that I wasn't necessarily prepared for or didn't expect. There's so many positive aspects to that, of course, and it's been a real blessing to have that responsibility. But at the same time, when you're a person who hasn't even fully grown up yet, that can cause a lot of confusion in your own head and a lack of care for yourself. Those sound like they could be the words of Mary as she was facing that first Christmas. Uh, but it's a quote from Alessia Cara. Uh, it, these are uh, the words as she had at 18 uh, signed her first record deal. At age 22, she got her first Grammy. And she's trying to come to terms with uh, all that that meant, all that fame meant, all that the expectations that were placed on her at such a young age. She grew up in Brampton, uh, just near, nearby, but has gone on to become internationally famous. And yet that great privilege came with a weight, uh, came with a burden that she had to, to deal with and to struggle with. Her life changed, obviously, in many wonderful ways, but in also ways that often overwhelmed her. And so she tried to express what it must have, what it felt like for her to go through that, to deal with the pressures, to deal with the burden of responsibility and expectation at such a young age. And she uh, expressed that in, in her song, Growing Pains, and I've decided I'm not going to sing it for you tonight. But I will just read uh, briefly from it. You're on your own, kid. You are. Can't run back to my youth the way I want to. The days my brother was quicker to fool. AM radio, not much to do. Use monsters as an excuse to lie awake. Now the monsters are the ones that I have to face. No band-aids for the growing pains. She's overwhelmed by her sense of having to grow up too fast, to enter a world and a role where all of a sudden, with very little preparation, very little that could possibly prepare her for that moment, it's thrust upon her and she has to deal with it. And it is with that kind of burden, but obviously with much bigger implications, that Mary finds herself having to face that very first Christmas. 
Matthew 1.18 just says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So Mary is betrothed, and that's halfway between uh, marriage and what we would call engagement. It's more serious, it's more binding, uh, and yet she is uh, waiting for uh, that final day when she will finally be able to greet her wedding and uh, greet her groom and be married. Like anyone looking forward to a wedding, you want your day to be perfect. You have a picture in your mind of how it all will be. And she has been thinking about uh, how everything will take place. And she can't help but have a perfect plan, uh, a perfect vision of how she wants everything to take place. Obviously, an unplanned pregnancy isn't part of the plan. Obviously, she is not expecting this, she is not prepared for it, and yet she has to face it just the same. Mary's young, and she's looking forward to a marriage to a good man. Uh, she knows that he is righteous, she knows that he has an excellent reputation, but uh, someone who has such a reputation is someone that you want to put your best foot forward for. You want to make a good impression. You want not only this day to be perfect, but you want to be the perfect bride. And again, an unplanned pregnancy isn't part of the package. While the text doesn't give her age, she was probably about 13 or 14 years old at this time. And that just adds to the sense and the weight of responsibility upon her. When news of the baby uh, the pregnancy comes, Joseph has decided to quietly divorce her. Now, while it's encouraging to know that this, uh, she has been told now that this is from the Holy Spirit, God is at work to have brought this about, That's, that in itself is, is an encouragement. That, that helps to deal with some of the issues that she's facing, but it doesn't, it doesn't resolve everything. She still has to contemplate a future as a single mother. She still has the, the stigma of being a, a pregnant teen outside of marriage, dealing with all of the pressures of people looking onto her, making their conclusions, uh, drawing their own uh, thoughts of what might have gone on in the background. How do you deal with those kinds of thoughts at such a young age? How do you deal with the eyes looking at you, the pressures and the expectations? We feel a bit of relief when an angel appears to Joseph and tells him that this child is from the Holy Spirit. It's, it's encouraging to us that, that God has sent word to, to Joseph, and that has to be an encouragement to Mary. But we're not told that... This angel is making stops and to visit all of the neighbors, all of her relatives. She will have to have a series of uncomf uncomfortable discussions. And there will be friends and relatives who will be forever unconvinced, who will forever look on her with suspicion, will see her in a different light, and it doesn't matter what explanations come, they will draw their conclusions. 
I think of Mary when I think of a time when Jesus now as an adult goes back and preaches in his hometown synagogue in Nazareth. He preached such a great message that people in his hometown were, were so responsive to his preaching of the word of God that they actually joined in a crowd together, took him to a, a cliff and were about to throw him down to his death. He escaped that day, but it doesn't tell us anything of what happened to Mary. How did she go back to friends and relatives, shopkeepers and uh, workers? What would that do for her relationships in the town? How do you deal with those kinds of pressures? Obviously, she faced even greater pressures when Jesus was finally arrested, when he was crucified, when he was given a criminal's death and the, 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 the disgrace that would go along with that. How did Mary deal with those kinds of pressures? How did she face it all? We're not told all of the, the details, but we need to ask, as we ask those questions about Mary, we need to ask those questions about ourselves. How do you cope with the expectations and the pressures that are put on you? Where do you go when you feel a burden and a weight of just this task, the, the, the calling that you have before you? Where do you go for for strength and hope and, and just a sense of, I got to get through this. I, I, I think I know what, what comes next, but I don't know how I go forward. Where do you deal? How do you deal with that? How do you cope with that? Well, Matthew's account of Jesus' birth doesn't give us any speeches or songs from Mary the way Luke's does. But it does give us and point us to uh, the hope and the strength that uh, she was given to rely on. And it comes in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, Jesus wasn't named Emmanuel. He was named Jesus. The angel had commanded that he would be called Jesus, uh, that name, which means he saves. And it, it, it was given to him and it was prescribed for him because he would save his people from their sins. And he still offers that same salvation to us. There is still salvation in Jesus' name. There's still forgiveness for all who would trust him. But in addition to that name, Jesus, by which he would be called, uh, he is given this additional name of Emmanuel. It's like a title. It is, it is like a defining characteristic of, uh, of Jesus and what he came to accomplish. Emmanuel, the, the message that now in Jesus Christ, because of Christmas, God is with us. That was a message that was given to Mary. This 13, 14-year-old teenage girl with literally the, a, a mission that was the weight on her shoulders. God is with us. In this Christmas child, 
God has visited his people and he now stands with them. He stands for them. He goes before them and he is to be their strength. That was the hope that Mary would have to cling to. That would be what would be her, her strength as she would try to contemplate all that lie ahead. The, the message that God is with us would be her hope when, when word came that King Herod was seeking to, to wipe out the, the boys that were born in Bethlehem. When she was warned by an angel to escape and flee to Egypt. With just, again, at such a young age, starting a new family, and she is uprooting and traveling to another country. God is with us. God is with us. Because of Christmas, God has entered into our world and he stands at our side and he will be our strength. He would be with her as they then faced all of the, uh, the trials and challenges that would come. As she would have to deal with some of the, the, the expectations and pressures of uh, being the mother of the Messiah. Being a parent is hard enough already. Now she has these, these extra expectations upon her. You don't want to get it wrong. You don't want to get it, it, make any mistakes. And yet every parent has. She wasn't given a perfect plan. She wasn't given everything. She was given the assurance God is with us. That he stands with us. He has entered into our worlds and stands with us in care and concern and love. Now, I've never faced the kinds of challenges that Mary did. I've never been pregnant. Never had to, to, to think of dealing with and having the Son of God born into my family. I, I didn't, didn't escape to Egypt as uh, no kings have tried to hunt me down. But I felt a sense as I look back to when I was a teenager, I felt a sense of being overwhelmed by what was ahead of me. I felt a sense, the burden of expectation, the fear of the future, the, the, the sense that I was dealing with things that just seemed really big to me. And at that time, I experienced the the, the, the fear and the anxiety and the burden of not knowing Jesus as Emmanuel. I, I celebrated Christmas every year, which meant I decorated a tree and maybe sang some songs if, if uh, uh, that came up. But that's all I knew of Jesus. I didn't know him as Emmanuel. I didn't know him as God with us. And not knowing him as God with us meant that when I faced something, it felt that much bigger because I was alone to face it. I, I was facing it without his help, without his wisdom, without his guidance, and without his reassuring presence there with me. And it makes everything just feel bigger. It, it feel, makes the pressures and the expectations feel more overwhelming. I think Alessia Cara experienced some of that sense of aloneness that I, I experienced. 
I think she experienced some of the, the feeling of not knowing Emmanuel. Because in that song, Growing Pains, that I, I read a little bit to you and I graciously did not sing to you, and the very first line in that is, you're on your own, kid. There's no one else. You find yourself in this position where you've been thrust into a position of expectation, burden, and responsibility, and there's nobody else that is there to hold the, hold the burden with you. It feels like you are all alone. It feels like there is no one who gets it. No one you can turn to. No one who understands. No one who can fully enter into what you're facing. And the message of Christmas is it doesn't have to be like that. No matter what you are struggling with either tonight or as you contemplate this year and what is to come, you are not alone in that if you would look to the Christ child and receive him as Emmanuel. Recognizing that God's presence in your life is a means of grace, it is a means of strength, it is a reassurance at a time when life would otherwise feel overwhelming, feels too big, or maybe it just feels a little empty. If I'm all alone, if we are all alone in the universe, even as we look around and we see each other tonight, then this world is a dark place. But the hope of Christmas and the message of the gospel is that this world is, is a, a dark place where God has shone his light in Christ, where he has entered into our world and so stands with us and God doesn't stand apart. He is not distant. He is not uh, far. He is with us in the person of Jesus Christ. That's our hope. And it's a promise that you receive through faith. Putting our trust in Jesus, we meet the God who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We're met by the one who gives wisdom when we don't know the path forward. When we're just kind of stuck thinking, well, if it's just up to me, if Alessia Car as Alessia Cara says, you're on your own kid, I guess I'll just have to go with my gut. We're met by someone who's been there, one who understands, one who would guide us, one who would lead us. We're guided by one who is tested in every conceivable way. Jesus went through all that he went through that he might understand from firsthand experience what it is like to deal with what you are dealing with right now. The pain of it, the, the burden of it, the weight of it, and just the, the fear of it. He's experienced all of those things so that he might stand with you and be your strength in all that you face. And we're also forgiven by the one who has the power to save. This one who is God with us is the one who can wipe the slate clean. He's the one who can help us put the past in the past. Because he died in our place, he provides forgiveness to all, for all who would look to him. And so as we celebrate Christmas tonight, and maybe you were thinking, hey, it's Christmas Eve, we should sing some songs, let's go to church, let's enjoy the season, let's celebrate it. In the midst of that celebration, 
ask yourself the question, do I know the God who is with us? Do I know that that God is with me because by faith I have looked to him, I have trusted in him, and I have received him? Because it is in that place that we enter into Christmas. I can't give that to you. I can't stir it up through the atmosphere of a night like this. It's not yours because we dim the lights and we give out, we give out candles. But it can be yours by looking to Jesus Christ in faith, trusting him as your Lord, lifting him up as Savior, and saying that, that Jesus is my Emmanuel. He is God with us, and he is God with me because I have welcomed him into my life through faith. As you do that, you experience where the challenges of the, the, the year before you, the challenges that are weighing on your heart and your mind even now, they become challenges where God is on your side in the midst of them. And maybe you know Jesus Christ. Maybe you know him as Emmanuel, but maybe you've just forgotten to relate to him that way. Maybe somewhere along the line, the knowledge that Jesus is with you, that he is God on your side, standing with you, leading you and guiding you, maybe that reassurance just kind of got lost in the process. Maybe that understanding of, uh, of, of Jesus and what he wants to do with you is, is, is missing. And so I want to urge you to just receive that this Christmas. Receive by faith the, the blessing of Emmanuel. To know that you are not alone. To know that you know the God who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. To know that in reassurance. To know that in his guidance. To know that in his presence. Let him reassure you and lift you up and strengthen you. Let's look to him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great, great gift of Emmanuel. Thank you for Jesus Christ. He is God with us. You gave us at that first Christmas what we most needed. You gave us the gift of yourself. Your presence in our lives overcomes the loneliness that we feel. And you standing with us, going before us, gives us courage, gives us confidence. It helps to relieve the weight and the burden that we would otherwise feel. And so, Father, I pray for anyone here this evening who is weighed down, feeling pressure, or expectation, or responsibility. If they haven't yet put their trust in Emmanuel, would you draw them near to you tonight? And Father, if they have, remind them of your presence with them. Encourage them with the conviction that Jesus Christ 
is not just the child who was born in the manger, but he's the God who stands with us and will never forsake us. Bless your people, Father, with that confidence tonight and minister your reassurance in each heart. For we, for we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen.